Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and the co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. Uh, hello, this is Jim Hunt for Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Today, I'm really happy to have Dave Feller, CEO of Bramasol, back with us. Um, Dave first joined Bramasol in 2007 to relaunch its professional services business. And since becoming CEO in uh, 2011, he's guided Bramasol to record-setting growth and revenues and focusing um, on the office of the CFO and accounting, compliance, treasury, um, finance transformation, and um, leading the march in some ways on sustainability, which is our topic for today. Welcome, Dave. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be back. So, you know, everybody has a take on what sustainability is and how uh, ESG and environmental, social and governance and carbon accounting are affecting it. Um, and that's what we're going to dive down in today. But to start off with, can you uh, kind of give a short overview of how sustainability initiatives are changing and, and how they're impacting companies? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Jim. So sustainability and sustainability initiatives are really taking center stage. Um, a lot of activities have been happening, uh, especially ramping up in the last year or so. Uh, last December, we identified um, ESG and carbon accounting as a part of our key trends to watch in 2022, and that prediction has certainly been borne out. Uh, ESG, also environmental, social, and governance, has been around as a concept for a long time, but recently has taken on more urgency with global initiatives to counter climate change. Uh, an example of that is the UN Climate Change Conference in Glasgow last year underscored um, this theme uh, with because there's a growing consensus uh, globally that companies need to play a major role in combating climate change. Um, this was exemplified by the creation of the International Sustainability Standards Board, ISSB, and some other related initiatives. Uh, a big term, carbon accounting, is taking on more prominence, and it and it relates to uh, the increasingly tangible and disciplined methods for enabling companies to accurately identify, analyze, and report the carbon footprints and impacts throughout their value chains. And this is something that's going to uh, become something that's going to become part of audits, part of disclosures, part of what financial um, oversight metrics are going to look at for companies and their performance. Um, in essence, we're seeing global sustainability initiatives expand to become both wider reaching to encompass all of their activities and more granular to collect hard data relating to specific factors. And that's really the key thing here is, is real measurement, um, repeatable measurement. So, you know, stepping off from that point, Dave, um, as there's a need to get more granular and to collect hard data, uh, especially in the SAP environment, what are some of the tools and methods that you see um, emerging? Great question, Jim. You know, as a longtime leading partner with SAP, we're tracking a number of the initiatives within the SAP ecosystem that relate to sustainability and carbon accounting. Um, just uh, within the last year in September of 2021, 
SAP announced the availability of their product footprint management solution, which enables companies to calculate their carbon footprints for products, including vendor and supply chain footprints, which is important because a lot of the sustainability rules are looking to companies to not just to report on themselves, but to look at their supply chains uh, on the on the front end and on their customer side on the back end. The PFM, the product footprint management uh, solution, laid the groundwork for making their organizations and products more sustainable, as well as collecting the hard data needed to, for disclosures and reporting. Uh, and even though regulatory reporting requirements were only beginning to evolve at that time, this SAP initiative enabled companies to start understanding their carbon footprints and to begin accumulating relevant data uh, and developing analysis methods, which it, it parallels uh, some things that have gone on in industry, really in some cases for decades, such as in oil and gas, but this is bringing a whole new level of rigor and power into the um, into the information system side of things. Yeah, so as so often happens, uh, SAP uh, starts to put some pieces in place uh, in relation to their overall ecosystem to to help start collecting data. And that's uh, uh, sounds like what PFM has done. I know there's been some big initiatives to kind of pull it together. Can you describe uh, how the SAP tools are evolving and expanding? Yeah, absolutely. The SAP tools are constantly evolving and expanding. This is a big initiative for SAP to focus on the sustainability area. So the, uh, the product uh, footprint management uh, solution set uh, is coupled with ongoing evolution in the regulatory environment and SAP is progressing on this front to create even more comprehensive solutions that pull all the pieces together. Uh, so even more recently, just in December, a new tool set called the SAP Sustainability Control Tower was released. Um, the SAP Sustainability Control Tower addresses fragmented financial reporting head on by giving companies tools to extend their top and bottom line optimizations to the green line based on the sustainability KPIs. So this is really helping to start pull together um, the, the goals that companies will have, the standards that uh, will be set for them uh, and giving them the tools to help measure and track how they're doing. Uh, so using this data-driven di approach, businesses can now embed sustainability throughout their businesses uh, and gain actionable insights across the value chain to enable transition to low carbon business processes because clearly, Companies, as they come to learn how they're doing, they're going to need to take action to improve their their scoring. Um, within or with the sustainability control tower uh, approach, users can drill down into strategic areas within the company and across the business network uh, to make informed decisions uh, based on financial and pre-financial ESG style indicators. Um, and optimization can then be made between costs and greenhouse gas emissions. So that will be critical for corporations to support the initiatives that governments and regulatory agencies are looking for. Yeah, it sounds like a, a really exciting uh, um, umbrella piece that pulls it all together. But then, you know, as we've talked about, the, the regulatory standards and reporting requirements are still developing. Um, and can you talk a little bit about how the sustainability control tower relates to that evolution of new standards? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, standards, of course, are going to continue to evolve. They're they're still developing. There's a lot, uh, a lot still to be done to gain consensus and agreement um, within countries, across countries and geographies, across industries on what can be measured, what goals can be set, and what and what needs to be accomplished to achieve um, the goals of really of the world to uh, manage climate issues. So 
So SAP has to have a tool set and has to have a, a, the ability to react and, and even provide uh, leadership in this. And so the, the sustainability control tower relies on the World Economic Forum stakeholder capitalism metrics as a foundation. Uh, and that's the body that's helping set standards. Um, uh, one of the bodies helping to set the standards. So SAP is relying on that. Um, these can be applied to companies to align the reporting on performance against the ESG indicators uh, to include the non-financial disclosures centered around these four pillars, people, planet, prosperity, and principles of governance. Uh, the stakeholder capitalism metrics promote an alignment among the ESG frameworks, of which there were many and, and still are, and create data points that are comparable between companies regardless of industry or region. And that's critical to know that everybody's on board, you know, marching in the same direction to achieve these critical global goals. Yeah, you know, Dave, uh, just a, a slight segue. This kind of reminds me of uh, seven to eight years ago when Bramasol and SAP were at the forefront of changes in the revenue recognition and reporting structure where they, new standards had been adopted, but the details were evolving and companies really needed to lay the groundwork and stay ahead of the curve and we're kind of in a similar but even broader situation with uh, sustainability it seems like yeah absolutely jim the the, the standards um it's a broader impact because you have uh, so much more than just you know accounting data which was one of the big issues that we faced a few years ago um these are standards co coming out of manufacturing and and other sources of, of of creation of, uh, of these kinds of um, data points of what's impacting the environment. Um, and then you have different kinds of bodies and some which are being developed, as I mentioned a little earlier, the new standards board being created to help measure this. Whereas you know, maybe in the accounting world, some standard boards were established and we're just trying to wrestle with different ways to look at things. And now we're trying to figure out who are the standards boards uh, and what will their mandates be and how will they uh, cooperate with each other and and again with governments and and industries across the world. So that's going to create it, it's going to be a very fluid situation for years to come. Uh, there obviously will be a lot of pressures on costs uh, of how to manage this. Uh, companies will wrestle with that. And so even with the most um, goodwilled intentions of doing everything we can, um, it'll be hard to keep track of what the new what new changes and requirements are coming how to track it, how to match the goals, how to pay for it, uh, and how to create investment and economic growth as well, because it's both a, a cost side, but it also can generate new business opportunities uh, for people. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And, uh, you know, coming like Bramasol, working with SAP, um, we have some experience monitoring and, and watching and being flexible and nimble and uh, constantly learning to support uh, companies that need this help because, um, you know, there's so much going on. You, you got to have somebody paying careful attention, trying to decipher it all so we can make sense of it. So, so given that uh, these new regulations are coming, sustainability is, is a really important global issue. Um, and uh, what should companies be doing now to lay the groundwork, to get ready, to start understanding their environment and uh, maybe getting ready to um, respond and implement as the regulations evolve. Absolutely, companies uh, companies do need to start responding now. The good news is many companies and in, in, in several industries have been looking at this. Uh, and in some industries, the importance of these kinds of topics uh, is decades old, such as in the oil and gas industry. 
uh, utilities, things like that. But but there's a whole new rigor and there's a whole new accountability that's evolving. So companies uh, need to take a step back and take a serious look at um, what the, what they need to manage, what they need to track, um, what they need to you know look at potentially changing in terms of how they do things to improve um, the results that they'll achieve, uh, the targets that were maybe mandated on them or set as goals. Uh, so uh, there's you know, like in any topic, uh, it's you can never start too early. So it, companies need to start looking at this. It's going to have a big impact. And uh, Jim, you and I talked in the past about how, um, you know, already if you have some poor performance in this area, uh, the impacts of um, of the investment community can hit you hard. So companies already are will feel some pain if they're not on top of these issues uh, and they, they need to get on top of them. The, you know, the data will... Uh, the data is the key, and it's going to create a, sound, a solid foundation for the future reporting. You have to be able to capture as much discrete data as you can. You have to identify what kind of discrete data and where it comes from. Um, the, some of it will be uh, data based on backward-looking baselines to know where you were, um, and then quantifying the changes the company's sustainability profiles need to achieve going forward. Uh, again, and that's in alignment with the different kinds of regulatory governmental industry pressures or maybe even new financial pressures as investment community makes demands you know that go maybe possibly above and beyond uh, what's coming from government or regulatory bodies um, one example is the utilities industry uh, i mentioned you know they these are issues they deal with all the time there's huge pressure in that industry already to provide sustainability um, uh, and energy solutions um, there are certain compliance requirements um, some, you know, some of the states in the U.S. that push this, such as uh, California, known for that, really pushing their utilities to provide uh, much more green energy than they did before and making it a very significant part of their operations. Um, and not just a significant part, but a growing part to replace uh, and eliminate uh, the carbon energy um, models of the past. So there's a, a lot of pressure there. We're and we're involved in that uh, in uh, companies that we work with in the utility industry and others already. Well, this has been a great overview, and I know from our past discussions that the whole issue of climate change and sustainability are near and dear to your hearts, and you take them very seriously, as do I. So I know we're going to be talking more about this in the future, but I, I know our listeners got a good overview here. Any any last words? Yeah, Jim, I think you know this is an important area. It's it, this is something that you know transcends some of the other issues that we as people on the planet face uh, and we need to we need to do the right thing uh, we, we see the growing evidence that you know, our past behaviors um, are having negative consequences uh, and companies like sap and bramasol you know providing the tool sets to help companies manage and get a handle on this uh, and bramasol you know we've taken some pride in being involved uh, in particular on the accounting and disclosure side of things. And, and it, when it comes down to it, this, um, ultimately there's a, a carbon accounting mantra that's evolving where companies will need to report in reliable, predictable ways that, um, that investors and regulatory bodies can trust. Uh, and there's a role for that. And um, I think companies like Bramasol who've been involved in that uh, already will continue to play a, a key role uh, for that aspect of uh, supporting ESG and sustainability initiatives. Well said. Good wrap up. I look forward to uh, touching base with you on this subject again in the future, both in blogs and podcasts. Thank you very much, Dave. It's been a great session today. Thank you, Jim. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance optimization and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at bramasol.com.